You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of Pulse Radio in the building for a special HBCU Pulse Pulse Radio collaboration. I is he and he is me. I'm collaborating with myself, man. Handshakes, we're live on HBCU Pulse right now. Uh, first and foremost, hope everyone is doing well. Hope um, everything is good. I know that, you know, collectively we are mourning uh, young Dolph, rapper and entrepreneur. Uh, he passed away in his hometown of Memphis, Tennessee on yesterday. Um, if you um, listen to the episode that I did yesterday speaking about uh, the passing of young Dolph, um, I, I just spoke about it. And, you know, it's just still surreal, especially just waking up to it and then just confronting the reality of it. Um, so I think that this interview that we're going to be doing is very appropriate. So we're going to be speaking with Miss Cody Oliver. Uh, Cody Oliver is a Howard University alumna and the co-creator of Black Love. And the Black Love media organization is doing a specific campaign with Target called Hashtag HBCU Love. And we need a lot of love, man. And, you know, what love is in, you know, this sense of what uh, Miss Cody Oliver and the Black Love organization is doing. They're not just talking about your boo thing. They're not talking about your sneaky link. They're talking about love in general, like friendship and you know, the different camaraderie that you have at HBCU. So I want to play this, this, you know, this commercial, this 30 second spot of, you know, Miss Cody Oliver and her friend talking about how they met at Howard University and also the camaraderie that they still have. We graduated college, you went to New York, and shortly thereafter, I went to LA. I used to get up every day in LA at 6 a.m. just so I could be anywhere close to on the same time zone. No, I did not know that. Are you serious? We have had a long distance relationship for like 15 years, but we were making decisions that were right for our lives, that created growth for us as individuals, but it never changed our relationship. And Howard gave me my best friends. They gave me my family. Man, listen, one time for black love. That's what's up, man. A lot of folks don't realize that, you know, going to college really gives you those type of, you know, relationships and friendships. And, you know, it grows, you know, just for your whole entire life. It gives you a sense of community. And you never get a sense of community like how you do in college. So I'm excited to bring on Ms. Cody Oliver so we can talk about just what the organization is doing in this specific campaign and also her experience at the Mecca, Howard University. So let's bring her on right now. You're listening to Pulse Radio. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide. Hey, how you doing? How, how are you, Randall? I'm great. I'm great. Listen, I think that this interview, like I was saying before, is very needed with everything that's going on in the world. And, you know, of course, we have, you know, of course, the news we heard about yesterday. So we need black love. We need positivity. We need black girl magic. So I'm definitely glad to have you on. So first and foremost, could you please introduce yourself to everyone listening on the podcast and also the live? Sure. So I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. My husband and I created the Black Love docuseries, and which airs on OWN. And we then launched Black Love Inc., a media company that celebrates 360 degrees of Black love. So as you said, you know, that's friendship, sisterhood, brotherhood, self-love, dating, partnership, uh, love of our, our amazing Black community, and, and mental, physical wellness. It's all about us being the best versions of ourselves. Yes. And I was saying I was saying this before, like we're not talking about the sneaky links. 
We're not talking about the bay, the boo. We're talking about 360 degrees of black love. So I want to start, you know, with just the campaign in general, right? So you have the hashtag HBC love campaign that's sponsored by Target. So tell us Mm -hmm. about how that came about. Sure. Oh man. First off, as a, as a mom of three, uh, three little boys, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Target. Okay. And I also love the fact that last year, pre COVID, I walk in in February and I see all of this beautiful, like uh, apparel, right? I don't know if y'all saw all of our um, historical figures on t-shirts and just all of this beautiful stuff. And then I learned that this is a year round thing for them. This wasn't just February. I walked in February and saw it, but realizing how they elevate and support uh, black owned businesses and black entrepreneurs. And I don't know if y'all are familiar with Black Beyond Measure, but it's a, you know, they have a whole site dedicated to their black owned products. So we've developed a relationship with them over the last year or so, Black Love has. And they came to us and said, we want to celebrate HBCUs and the bonds formed at HBCUs. And you know who we are. Black love. So our take on that is to celebrate love stories born at HBCUs. Um, My whole family went to Howard. There's a few love stories in there. My parents are one of them. Um, And I decided because we celebrate 360 degrees of Black love on our platform, that it was really important to make sure it wasn't just romantic love that we were showing in this series. You know, to your point, friendships. We've got legacy stories. We actually have two sisters who went to Bennett College, Mm. whose great aunt was the first in their family to go to college, and she attended Bennett. So when I found that story, I'm like, yes, we have to share these beautiful stories of our legacy um, and how HBCUs have been there for us as a people, have educated our community for the last 150 years plus when nobody else would. Right. The opportunities that we have today, that you and I have today, whether I mean, obviously you went to HBCU, so did I. But the opportunity that all of us as black people have today is really born out of the fact that our ancestors were able to attend HBCUs. Right. Like if you went to Harvard, that's because somebody somewhere went to HBCU. Um, You know, so that's my two cents on it. And it was important to celebrate those love stories that um, that really define our community. And I think you said something very key is that the reason why you're going to Howard and a lot of these other Ivy League and other predominantly white institutions is because of HBCUs and what our ancestors did in those years, because those schools weren't open to us and HBCUs right. are for us and they're continuously for us. So I think that's an amazing point. But not would- only can I just say they weren't your to your point, they weren't open to us, but those that were, it wasn't a, it wasn't a welcoming environment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a safe space. And unfortunately, we're back to a place where it's not a safe space, right? Like, not to say every um, every experience at a, at a predominantly white institution is bad. It just means that the community is different. It means that you show up to school the day after our Black community experiences a, a nationwide tragedy. And you might not, you might not have people who understand why you're in a bad mood, you know? At, at an HBCU, that's not the case. Right. We're we're experiencing those wins and those losses together. Exactly. And you went to the Mecca. You went to what they call the Black Ivy League. You went to Howard University. And I want to just I want to spotlight this. Right. So like I was looking at Forbes and like you are just doing it up and you just, you know, you and your husband and the Black Love Media Organization, the highest rated unscripted show in own history. Wait a minute. (laughs) 
Whoa, all right? On own, all right? So it's like you're doing this, but you started at Howard University. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's something I'm interested in because I went to Fort Valley State University. As you as you see, we have, we have our media organization and we're growing it. So I want you just to talk to us about how you started. Like, you know, what was your experience at Howard University like? Yeah. Um, well, first off, my whole family went to Howard. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't have options. My older sister went to Hampton. So I knew that, you know, I had options. But I picked Howard. Right. I definitely felt I'd been in uh, predominantly white schools my whole life and I knew that I wanted that experience. And I said, if I'm going to have it, I'm going to go to the best. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it was important to me and I had spent a lot of time there growing up. So it felt like home, period, point blank. It felt like home. Um, And I would say, you know, because Howard sort of runs through my veins, it wasn't like I went there and I was like, this is revolutionary. It was more like I'm home. I am in this space that fulfills me. Um, and, and when I look back as a, as a grown up, you know, and I, and I recognize what it gave me, I think a big part of that is deeper pride in who I am and my community, a deeper understanding, right? Because in, at HBCUs, we are learning our history for real, right? Not our history, the way they told us we were learning it (laughs) wherever we, we went to high school and, you know, but we're learning about our black figures and our stories And it just instills a sense of pride and confidence and the network of family that we grow within our HBCUs um, is lifelong in a way that it's not um, at other institutions. And actually, one of our couples from the HBCU Love Stories made a comment about their relationship being able to develop because they didn't have the, the barriers or the drama or the trauma of being at a predominantly white institution. They were allowed to just flourish as a couple in a, in a safe space. And I think that's a big part of why, how these schools give, pour into us so much and so well. Um, but yeah, so that was my Howard experience. And as you played, I met my best friends at Howard, um, Sean. So there's actually a, a little group of us. And one of us was like, I don't want to be in the video. So <laughs> we talked around her, love her. But, um, but Sean and my good friend, Brooke, who we met, we all met around the same time. We live out here in LA and, um, and, you know, Shawnee is my bestie. And as I mentioned in that video, we went through New York, Dubai, Seattle, LA. So we've had a long distance relationship for uh, more than 15 years. And now she's here in LA and all is right with the world. <laughs> wow. Like, listen, you are living the dream of all the students, <laughs> Dubai, LA, y'all are traveling. That was her. That was her in Dubai. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. sitting here in LA. Yes. Yes. You, you can do it too. You own the, <laughs> the highest rate on script this year. You can do it too. I know you can. Uh, but I think yeah. that, you know, that is amazing. Because, like, you know, you're showing a different side. You know, when, yeah. when you think of love, you know, you think of love in the sense of, like, you know, you know, the relationship angle. You think of, you know, people <laughs> being together. But you don't think about, you know, the friendship part of it. So yeah. when you were creating the Black Love Organization, was that the spin that you wanted to put on it? Absolutely. Um, always. I, I knew before I met my husband, and then ultimately we had the same idea in terms of what we wanted Black Love to be, that I wanted to create a place where black love stories live. And that was certainly from a romantic standpoint, but also where we could see ourselves in happy, healthy relationships. And we've, while, while creating the docu-series and interviewing all the couples, something that's very obvious now is that when we come into these partnerships with the, with the one, right. 
we are the sum of all of our other relationship and relationship experiences. Right. We are looking at uh, consciously and unconsciously how our parents treated each other, how our parents treated us, the the their failures and their and their wins and and our friendships, right? How are you interacting with the people you say you love, right? And the people who love you. Um, not always in healthy ways. And so we have to recognize and observe like how we are showing up for the people that we love, because that's what's going to play into our romantic relationships. That's what's going to show up when we're in a fight and we're, you know, calling somebody out their name because that's what we're used. That's the defense mechanism that we're used to using and that maybe our best friend put up with, but Bay is not going to, you know, or vice versa. Um, so it was always important to talk about relationships and forgiveness and um, what true support and commitment looks like. Because you're committed to the people you call your boys, right? Like, you're going to show up for them. So when you get into these romantic relationships, it's not that different, you know? So it was always important. That's the short, that was the long way of saying it, it was always important to see that perspective. No, I get it. And, and I want to ask you this, um, because, you know, one thing that I say and I don't disrespect, you know, the the individuals I met at Fort Valley like that were amazing that I'm still close with. But when I look at, you know, the the college story and the black mm -hmm. love story and I went back to homecoming and I see, you know, the folks that are in Greek organizations together and the folks that were on the yard together and I'm there with my family and I'm just sitting there watching the game. It's a blowout where we're beating Clark Atlanta. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here watching the game, eating my Chick-fil-A. They over there dapping up the camaraderie. And I was a prominent student leader on campus, but I didn't have that. And one thing that <laughs> stuck out to me that someone told me when I was at Fort Valley, they said that you don't get this sense of community at any other point in time in your life where you're yeah. around thousands of people that are 21, 22, 18, 19, that are going through the same things as you are, and they're intelligent. They're just as on point as you. So with you having that community of friends that you gathered at Howard University, like, did you feel that once you were graduating? It's funny, I had to think about it, only because you said once you were graduating, and I was thinking about in that moment. And so <laughs> graduation was an interesting time for me because I decided to travel much to my uh, father in particular was like, uh, people get jobs after college. <laughs> so I was like, when I graduated, it was interesting. Um, but I would say from the time, you know, since I graduated, absolutely. Right. Like my network, I've always felt secure in my Howard network. I've always felt secure that at any company, at any new school, because I went to USC for grad school, in any new environment, I'm going to find somehow or somebody, you know? Um, and and so absolutely that camaraderie and that community built, not just built at the HBCU, because at the end of the day, you don't meet everybody, but but that unspoken connection that you have later is is invaluable. And so, yeah, absolutely. I felt that since the day I got there and for sure since the day I left. So I want to ask you about the business front because I'm just I'm always thinking about the business aspect and just looking mm -hmm. through, you know, like, you know, realizing that, you know, when I was doing my research, you know, that you were behind. Of course, it should have been obvious. Black love, black love. And it should have been obvious. I, you know, some, sometimes, <laughs> I got, sometimes I got to reboot my brain sometimes. Like, no, no, these are two same things. But like, you know, you've gone, you know, just so far within your journey and you've created ownership. And then, you know, mm -hmm. I just look at, you know, what you said. And then I was really looking at the Forbes article. You said as a black woman, you knew that you wanted to have a family, yet in the media and entertainment, it felt like we were being portrayed as anything but happy, loving mothers and fathers and husband and wives. 
So I think that love also is being mindful and being mindful of what you say and also what you're portraying. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what did you think your responsibility was in really crafting this organization and really pitching these projects, the different media organizations that shows positivity? Sure. So my responsibility is twofold, right? It is to show us what's possible, right? To show us happy, helping, happy, healthy relationships in all their forms and to capture that and literally present it. Um, and well, actually, it's probably more than twofold. And that's both for us. Right. So we can see like, oh, I can I can forgive this person for that. Or, oh, I can I know how to end a toxic relationship or, or I didn't even know this relationship was toxic, like recognizing how to show up for ourselves um, by by with love, how to show up for ourselves from a place of love. Right. And and showing the world that we are out here as happy, healthy you know, husbands and fathers and, and uh, excuse me, hu- husbands and fathers and wives and mothers and, and friends and sisters and all the things. Right. Because the the world, or at least white America, has historically not seen us as human. So to show us as human doing those, you know, mundane things like, you know, loving one another, driving our kids to school, uh, whatever, having cookouts, like, to me was very important. And... The other part of that is to also give us the the tools for the healthy relationships. And by doing that, we don't have a bunch of experts out here saying this is the way to do X, Y, and Z. We try to show real people sharing their real experiences so that each of us watching can see, can feel seen, right? Like, oh, you know, we put up a clip yesterday from the Black Love Summit um, with the husbands. It was a husband's panel. Um and we always just kind of let them flow, right? It's like a husband's panel, wise man, we talk about whatever's on their mind. And Major, no, Tommy, my husband brought up like the first year of marriage is the hardest. And Major's like, oh my God, thank God someone said it, right? <laughs> Who's in his first year, his first year just ended. Um, so they're going to their second. And that feeling of like, oh, it's hard. It's not just me. It's hard. It's really important because otherwise you're suffering in silence. And you're suffering without answers and without community. And um, and so that's that's why we do all of the things that we do to really give us an opportunity to feel seen and to talk through difficult things. Because the other thing is historically, not just black people, most people have it. We ain't out here talking about our, our grandparents aren't out here talking about their relationships. They're just going through it. And then we all are like. They've made it 70 years. That's amazing. Well, you don't know what they put up with. Right. You don't know what they didn't talk about or what they did and said, we're never going to we're never going to bring this up again. Um, so our commitment has been to transparency. Right. If we can't have uh, transparent, candid conversations that are that are about the truth of relationships, then we're not successful. And that's one thing that when it comes to hearing about the old school I get tired of them back in my day. Things were so different, but yeah. we've grown as a society. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, things are different. Like the way that we carry ourselves is different. And I even think that, yeah. you know, even within black love, I think that we're not being mindful of ourselves and loving ourselves to love somebody else because mm-hmm. we're looking at social media, we're comparing ourselves. And then, you know, we, we look at our, our partner or our, even our friends and we're yeah. at a point where we're like, Hey, we don't have what they have. We don't have yeah. what the person on social media has. So that's really the change that that, that I see to me. But I think yeah. it's what you're doing is so important because 
you're telling that that story and within you know the media confines of it like you're showing that it's a different way you're showing this another way to love and have compassion so yeah. with you know the series on own so like mm -hmm. how has it been now having that series and it being you know the highest rated reality unscripted series mm -hmm. on the network how has it been have you felt and seen that impact um you know what's funny Erica, can't, so we just had the Black Love Summit on Saturday. So all my stories right now are Black Love Summit stories or HBCU love stories because I've been inundated with both of them. Um, Erica Campbell made a comment on Saturday about how she was reading that there has been a 70% uh, increase in uh, marriages in the Black community over the last five years. I don't know where she read it, okay? So don't, you know, don't y'all don't quote me, right. okay? But she looked at me and she said, um, I think y'all had something to do with that. Now I'm not claiming it, you know. I'm just I'm saying she said it, right? <laughs> my my point though is that I a hope that that's true. Um, but b a lot of people have come to us and shared their personal stories of leaving a relationship, of finding hope after a relationship ended thanks to our show, um, of of understanding better how to approach their partner or even using black love as like therapy, right? My, my person won't go to therapy, but we'll, we'll sit down together and we'll watch black love. And then we'll talk about what the couples are going through. Um, and that is amazing. That warms my heart. That's all I want in the world. I mean, I look at our growth as a brand, right? The, the, our socials, you know, we're almost at a million followers. Like, thank God. Like I look at our growth, as a brand, we have the Black Love Podcast Network. We have the Black Love um, Plus app where all of our content lives. You can watch every episode of Black Love, um, all five seasons. And I look at that as a testament to our community saying, we want to have these conversations. We want to feel seen. We want to have better relationships. You know, we try to, we try to entertain in the process, yeah. right? Um, but we're never going to be salacious. We're always going to tell people stories from an authentic place in their own words, right? Um, and and that that just is really important to me. And I'm and I'm grateful to see that that change. Not that I'm not suggesting we inspired it, but I'm grateful to see this change over the last several years of us being more vulnerable. I'm a huge fan of the I Am Athlete podcast. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of seeing these men in this historically macho sport, right? Sit down and speak vulnerably about parenthood, partnerships, mental health, um, and stuff like that. When I see it, just like, it's what we need. It's what we need. And you, what you said is so true. And shout out to Brandon Marshall and the I Am Athlete podcast. You know, something that, that I thought about, you know, when I look at, you know, the media. And I have to really bring this up because, you know, with, you know, when Young Dolph passed away, you know, I found out about it and it hit me because I was, you know, I wasn't the hugest fan, but I was a fan of his music. And then I thought about mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it made me think, you know, about the media and about how, you know, back yeah. in the day, and I say back in the day, like I was 1960s, but like back in the day, you had 106 in Park, you know, you had, you know, radio was, radio was local. We could call in and talk about the visceral way that we feel, you know, and, and, and I thought about like, man, like things have changed so much where I have to wait to, to, to this morning to hear the Breakfast Club, hear what Charlamagne had to say, to hear what Ricky Smiley yeah. has to say, and to hear what these, these personalities have to say. And there's really no TV imprint for it. And, you know, I just look at yeah. what you're doing with, you know, you have the docuseries and blacklove.com, the podcast, the app. So just from that, that business sense, you said something so key to me. You said that you're not going to be salacious. You're going to be authentic. And a lot of folks feel as if you can't do that to be successful. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I have to sort of segue back to the business front mm -hmm. 
is that how are you able in a world where people feel as if salaciousness is the way to go? Like how are you able to build such an empire, such a brand being authentic and showing positivity? You know, I, first off, I think authenticity is the way to success. I, I'm like, I'm, I said it and I'm like, I think that's what I mean. I think so too. <laughs> um, I do. I, I think, I think for a couple of reasons, I think because, and I think the reason I'm butting up against what I'm saying is maybe that's not the case for everybody. Right. right? So I deeply feel that's the case because I and my husband want to make things that we're proud of. We want to honor people who share their stories. And I think, I think that it, for me, it comes from a place of knowing what I need, knowing that I deeply enjoy and appreciate hearing people share difficult things that they've been through and how they got through it. And our, our whole premise from the beginning of the show was we wanted to do just that. And if it could help us, it probably could help someone else. And I think that, I think, yes, we've been told, you know, to, to, to be more salacious or like, what's the big takeaway this season? And it's like, you know, there's themes and stuff that emerge from our series and from our projects, but it's not like there's a big reveal where somebody, you know, was like, I did this in my relationship. There's just not. There's there's the depth of how people have navigated life's ups and downs in partnership, which is a pretty much a universal um, desire to, to have partnership. Um, and so that authenticity, I think, has been a driver and then seeking out partners who appreciate that. Like own was my first choice for black love. It always was because of what Oprah stood for. She stood for sharing her own vulnerability, her own vulnerability um, as a means of reaching people. And it was successful because people were like, Oh, we've never seen somebody talk about their weight like that. We never seen somebody talk about their traumatic childhood like that. And, and it connected with people because we've all been through stuff. Right. Wow. Like you got, you got me just thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I feel inspired. Like I'm telling you, you're on my vision board now, right? You, you on my, I have a digital, I have a digital vision board. You're on my vision board. I'm like, man, we're going to, we're going to get like that. We're going to, we're going to get up there 200,000. We're going to get there one day. But First I really, of all, can I just say when I jumped on here and I'm like, is he like recording radio and doing IG live? He got the sound or the buzzer. <laughs> like you are doing your thing. I am, I, you. you're on my vision board. Okay. Cause we out here recording podcasts the old fashioned way and IG live separately. And you are like, uh-uh, we don't save time and get it done thank you like yeah, and, and it's all like it's all really about invention you know like for me like i want to be in radio you know and that's something mm -hmm. that you know even you know just looking at like i said it just what happened yesterday it's like man like i wish i was around in that time of the tom Jordan time where it's like you know <laughs> i could broadcast and show that positivity like how you're showing and you know i wanted to be in venom so you're just you know trying to find ways and i always say this is a radio microphone this is the radio microphone that's in the aha radio <laughs> stations all right yeah yeah that to had to get out live to get it you know i had to hustle for it. it um yeah but you know in general I, I think you know it just goes back to you know what you were saying is just authenticity and quality and that quality being the story that's being told you know mm -hmm. so i really appreciate you you know for, for coming on i want to ask you you know before i let you go um, you know, what are some, some things you have coming up and how can we support you and the organization? Sure. So as far as supporting me in the organization, the first thing y'all can do is go on over to the Black Love IG right after this ends and watch our HBCU love stories. Um, or you can watch them at blacklove.com slash HBCU. 
Okay, black, no, slash HBCU love. Blacklove.com slash HBCU love. So that would be amazing to just check out those stories. There's eight of them in total and they're less than two minutes. So y'all can do this. Um, and uh, let's see, what else do we have going on? Child, we just finished this summit. So I'm like trying to breathe. Um, I absolutely should big up Black Love because we always have something going on. So just follow our social. But what's on my heart right now to share and part of part of the conversation that we're having here. My husband just did a documentary on Juice World. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And it will be on HBC, HBCU, Lord. It'll be on HBO. HBO. Yeah. It'll be on HBO on December 16th. Um, it's a beautiful film that actually premiered last week at AFI Film Festival, won the Audience Award. Um, Juice World, Jared, his mother was there, and we're honored that she actually is very happy with what my husband did. And so any Juice World fans, frankly, any Black people who love Black people, um, because I see this story as a story about a Black boy, right? Uh, I mean, I, as a mom, I look at him as a baby. Mm. Um, and so anyway, Juice World, Into the Abyss, HBO, uh, December 16th. Please check it out because it's really beautiful. Um, and then follow all of Black Love's channels because we always have something going on, Randall. Always. I can see. <laughs> oh, I, listen, I can see like just everything. I, I mean, I'm loving it. And I appreciate you just for, for coming on and, you know, talking about what you have going on with Target and then just sharing positivity because, like I said, you know, this was you know, we we didn't know what would happen in the world, you know, mm-hmm. at this point. We scheduled this before that. But I think that just the positivity and just the showing of love in this different fashion, that's needed. So I really appreciate you. And I, and I need everyone to go watch the HBCU Love series and share it. That's another thing, too. Share it. Share it. That's right. It's two minutes. So I mean, it's not like you're sharing a movie. You know, like it's two minutes. Go <laughs> share it. It is amazing, beautifully yeah. shot, and it's a lot of great stories. So thank you so much for coming on. And I definitely hope, you know, we can connect more and speak again. All right. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it anytime. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. You all, that is it. Uh, with everything that's going on in the world, of course, with the passing of, you know, rapper Young Dolph and, you know, just all, all just, you know, it seems like it's always negativity. It's always just craziness that's going on like we need positivity such as what you know uh black love is giving us and thank you so much for everybody um you know for tuning in outside of that man what i just want to say is you know before i I, you know get out of here um i want everybody to be safe you know thanksgiving is coming up you know it's all about love it's about family you know um and you know in moments you know where things are, are doing wrong and things are down man you know you always gotta gotta remember that you know we have to come together as a community and, you know, we have to fight for change, you know. So with Thanksgiving coming up, don't just use this as a time to rest. I want you to rest. I want you to be mindful of yourself, but also use this time just to reflect and be happy for where you are. Like my mom always tells me, you never know the day and the hour. You know, you never know it. So you just have to be be mindful and be thankful for the opportunities that you do have to walk on this earth and make an impact like Young Dolph, you know, like, you know, Miss Oliver and the Black Love Organization. You know, you, you always have, have, to have to be on that, man. That's just, you know, the reflection that I came to on yesterday. Just, you know, just coming to terms with everything that's happened this year, um, these past two years during the pandemic, um, and also just at this point. So thank you, everyone, for uh, following us on HBC Pulse. Make sure to subscribe to Pulse Radio 100 on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. Um, and also just, man, just continue just to continue to support and support 
the Black Love organization, watch the show on OWN, subscribe to everything they have going on, and make sure to watch and share the hashtag HBCU Love series. By the side of that, thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you on the other side. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture.